Hello and welcome to this week's Golf Shake podcast. My name is Kieran Clark, coming to you on the week of the 99th US PGA Championship from Quail Hollow Golf Club in North Carolina, the last major of the year. Obviously, we're coming hot off the heels of the Open Championship. Jordan Spieth is going for the Grand Slam. Can Rory win one of his favourite venues? All these en- questions will be answered this week at the PGA. And of course, I'm bringing in for, for a very special guest this week. Unfortunately, our usual co-host Owen Davis is absent. He's off to Italy and Brazil and Archerfield and travelling all across the world. Stuart Armstrong, our, our favourite guest in the last three weeks, he's unfortunately still having his dinner. So I'm left with my very good friend here, Josh Jeffrey. Josh, welcome to the Golf Chic Podcast. How are you tonight? I'm very good, thanks, Kieran. Thanks for having me on. We feel a bit naked without Stuart on the on the show, don't we? So, well, the thing um, is about Stuart, Josh, is Stuart has all the stats and all the numbers. He's a guy that sort of makes us sound more intelligent than what we actually are. So we're going to be really, right. we're going to be struggling without him tonight, but we'll do our best we're trying to bring you the some, some, a little bit of insight and analysis of the PGA. Obviously, the last major of the year. It used to be called Glory's Last Shot until he dumped that rather hideous uh, moniker. Uh, but obviously a big event this week on, on BBC television, this week on, the, on in, in the UK. So that will be a, a new thing, fresh and exciting there. So there's a lot to discuss, but must quickly touch on last weekend where I was at the, the Women's Open up at King's Barnes and IK Kim came through there, was metronomic. She was so consistent over the last couple of rounds and just won fairly comfortably in the end by two shots ahead of Jodie Ewart Shadoff, who played a brilliant last round there in some pretty tough weather at Kings Barnes of 64 on a Sunday. But Kim, many people will remember she missed a 14-inch putt to win the mm-hmm. Craft Nabisco five years ago. And that was obviously one of the... Uh, uh, people talk about Doug Sanders at St Andrews, but that was even worse. Uh, a real astonishing miss, crushing defeat. And five years on, she has her major redemption. And a very interesting character. She likes her meditation. She's into all this kind of new age stuff. And she's a bit kind of slightly out there, but quite an interesting character. She actually got up at half past four in the morning on the day of the, on the, on the last day and went off and bought her family hats from St. Andrews. So there you go. So she, she Is that right? indeed, she was oh. buying some branded caps, paying a fortune for doing so. Uh, but of course, she made up for it by winning almost £400,000 in the uh, winning the actual tournament. So yeah, she made up for it there. But obviously a really good character and a great win for her. And over on the men's side, obviously Hideki Matsuyama just blew away the field in the last day at Firestone. An unbelievable 61 to this win at a canter. What a performance there. One of the best rounds of the year. One of the best rounds of any year, really. Just an amazing win. His second WGC. He's now in the PGA this week, obviously one of the hot favourites to pick up his first major. And as a Japanese player, winning a major, that would be just um, a tremendous thing for the game in that part of the world. Where, of course, Olympic Games will be in a few years' time. But Josh, coming to you quickly there, obviously we talked about Kings Barnes last week. They had some pretty mm. inclement weather at times. Unfortunately, it was very nice. You know, If the event ran until 2pm each day, it would have been absolutely glorious. But after yeah. then, it just oh, it it was, collapsed yeah. completely. But... We mentioned there, obviously, IK having lost the, the Craft Nabisco five years ago. So how impressed have you been by the way she came back from that and knocked off that disappointment to actually win a major under pressure and finally cross that line in a big event? Oh, she was superb, wasn't she? She, I mean, she took that big lead into the last round and I mean, she only won by a, a few shots in the end, but it, yeah. was, it was pretty under control. There wasn't a time where I thought she was going to lose that, which was quite impressive. It's not easy I mean, I've never been in that situation, but it's not easy to, you know, I can imagine it's not easy to hold a big lead going into into the final round, but she she took, she handled it really well. She hit 
probably I, I think it'd probably be shot of the year at the end of the season into yes. into seventeen over the water where the commentators were, were very much doom and gloom before she hit the ball and I think she hit a five wood um that was about two twenty over the water. Brilliant mm-hmm. shot, you know, really and that 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 really clinched the tournament for her there right there. Um yeah, she's really good. I'm I'm pleased for her because as you say, that craft Nabisco a few years ago was yeah. an absolute horror show and it I think that would have ended a few people's <laughs> career. It was, it was such a shocker. But this I think people remember this one now, which is great for her and yeah, good on her. I remember she was interviewed after the round and the first thing Sarah Sturk brought up was the craft Nabisco. So I'm <laughs> hoping that'll be the last time it's really mentioned um mentioned to her but no really pleased for it it was a great tournament i was well impressed with the standard of golf was fantastic as mm-hmm. it always is on the lpga tour um yeah some good performances from michelle we looked impressive for a couple of the rounds um just lacked a little bit of consistency um stacy lewis a pretty evergreen contender isn't she mm-hmm. now and um yeah it was, it was it, really well round by the looks of it the crowds were it was such a shame with the weather i think had we had some decent weather for the whole week the crowds would have been triple or quadruple what they were but king's Bond looked stunning i think people watching across the world would have really really kind of you know been impressed with it um so yeah it was it was great really good week and i'm sure you enjoyed it did you not with the the free food in the media tent oh george that that was a a dark secret there we can't mention that (laughs) obviously as a as an accredited member of the official media at king's barnes yes some of the food the cuisine the curry the pizza was very well received indeed but i must quickly (laughs) say there you know about uh, ik kim obviously people kept talking about her missing that part and we're doing it as well here it's terrible but yeah someone asked her about that and apparently she said that people have actually come up to her in tears, complete strangers saying, "Oh, we're so sorry for what happened." You know, people were were so hurt by watching her, you know, lose that major five years ago that it, it has such an impact. And um, oh, and she's had to kind of yeah. wrestle with that for the last five years. Those questions, because when we we talk about her, we've always kind of we, we remember that part. But hopefully now we'll talk about her as being yeah. a major champion, uh, which is what she deserves. And uh, absolutely, and it was very. It was. Well she was great. It? Very consistent and. You mentioned yeah. her obviously having a big lead. That's never an easy dynamic to handle, but she kind of took it a really good way on the Saturday night where she said that actually it's better having the big lead than not. And it's like, well, yeah, that's probably true. So, yeah. So she, she kind of rationalized it that way and she went on yeah. to win, you know, yeah. won very comfortably in the end. So actually, you mentioned there some great performances, but particularly from the English players. You know, Jodie yurt Sharoff was up there. She was great. And Georgia Hall, who was up there, in the last pairing on Saturday, you're know, a young player, 21 years of age, a real rising star. Will be a yeah, big... I think it kind of stands in good stead for the Solheim Cup. Sorry to jump in there, but yeah, they're hitting some yeah. good form at the right time there, aren't they? So, And Charlie Hull, mm-hmm. you know, although, again, wasn't that consistent over the week, is um, she, she's hitting a bit of form. So I, I really quietly fancy our chances in the Solheim Cup. I don't know what you think, Kieran, but... Um, well, of course, as a as a member of the accredited press, I can never say we or our team, but I must sit on the fence, of course. But yeah, I think the European yes. team may surprise some people this year. Obviously, they have Annika as captain, great experience there, a very popular figure in the US. and the Amer- But the American team is very strong yeah. as well, and it should be a really good event because the Solheim really is the ultimate showcase for women's golf on television. It's the biggest event every two years. It's popular. And it's quite funny, of course, given how huge now 
the Asian presence is on the LPGA Tour, where really it's a South Korean tour with some Americans thrown in as well, where actually the biggest event around the world is actually the one that has no Asian players in it. It's kind of a funny thing that... Uh, so really, the, the best players in the world aren't necessarily in that event. You know, they're, they're watching it on TV at home. So, But it should be very good as always. And obviously, um, we, we heard that Paul Creamer is going to be in the US team after Jessica Corda had to pull out, unfortunately. So keep uh, her record of being in the event as a professional her entire career going. So it should be a good event. And uh, yeah, Kings Barnes looked great. A great event, and I just wish more more people were there. But the weather played a part, of course. But I also think there's a wider question about golf tournaments in Scotland, which seems to have a decreasing number of uh, people going to them now. Look at the men's Scottish Open; you know, numbers are down there too. I wonder if uh, there'll be a few kind of people scratching their heads as to why golf fans in Scotland are not attending events in the numbers that they once did, especially when you, when you consider how well attended the Open was at Birkdale uh, this year. So, again, it's a wider issue for another podcast. But yeah. A great win for her, I.K. Kim, major champion, well-deserved. And uh, Hideki Matsuyama, Josh, obviously, you know, that was some round. You know, people remember Jose Maria Olofabel, 61-round Firestone many years yeah. ago now. But surely that one there has to be right up with it. That round was something else, wasn't it? He just, like, steamrolled through the field, didn't he, really? Yeah. I think at the start of the day, everyone's like, right, what's Rory going to do? You know, is he, he? I can see him going low today. And in the end, it was just um, Matsuama just ploughed through the field and won by five in the end, I think, mm-hmm. didn't he? Yep. Just didn't didn't really see it coming, but um, ah, tremendous. Well, he's just incredibly streaky when he gets going. He's he's unstoppable, isn't he? So we saw it earlier in the year, didn't he? he had a couple mm-hmm. of um, yep. really, really strong uh, performances, um, kind of tail end of last year, beginning of this year. And then he kind of went off the boil a little bit I think, uh, and then it looks, if you look at his last couple of finishes, um, second at the US Open, 14th at the Open, and then first at the at the Brid- at Bridgestone in- Invitational. That's, it's, um, yeah, it's it's looking fairly good for the lad right now, isn't it? And he shows that he can keep it going. He's not one of these guys who'll have a really good week and then just uh, tailor off, you know, and fade away the next week. Mm-hmm. He's a guy who, who can keep it going. Um, so yeah, interesting coming into this week. He certainly put the cat amongst the pigeons um, heading into the PGA. So yeah, exciting. Yeah, he certainly exciting. he certainly has, Josh. And now moving on to the PGA, they are very nicely placed. A little segue there, Josh. I mentioned the PGA, very professional. I appreciate that. They're very smooth, very nice. So yes, on to the US Thank PGA. You. Yes, that's my pleasure. That's why we have you on the show, Josh, for that real smoothness Absolutely. and just class, classy professionalism. That's why we have you here. So. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. I know yeah. I'm, I'm bigging you up here, so you know. But yeah, it's um, you're better at it than I am. So yeah, obviously onto the PGA now. Obviously the fourth major of the year, but obviously you know, it's the fourth major on the calendar. But it always feels like the fourth major in pretty much every other aspect. You know, we, the Masters obviously, it's Augusta. It's unique. The same place every year. The history. We recognise all the holes. It has that real affinity there. The US Open is America's national championship. It has historically been obviously the hardest test, really grinding, kind of our narrow fairways, you know, real attritional uh, tournament, which is not to everybody's taste, but it's certainly been unique over the years. And obviously the Open is you know, its own thing, you know, in the UK, away from America, links golf, so much history to that event. It's different in every aspect. So it has, it really stands out in that respect where the PGA sort of jumped at the end there where it's sort of sticking on kind of like a, a bad spot on your nose. And it's, it's sort of like, well, it's like an amped up tour event, really. It's just, it's like every other week, really, and a good golf course, you know, set up relatively difficult, but not 
too over the top. It's usually the scoring's quite good. But again, the players like it because the golf courses tend to be set up relatively fairly. There's not too many tricks to it. The guys go out there and just play. So while it has maybe less distinction, I think over the years we've had some very good events, some memorable ones, some very enjoyable ones, and we've had some great champions through the years. Obviously, and, you know all the great players have won here. And, you know Nicholas and Woods have played really well over the years, and it's uh, and in more recent years we've had more kind of European players win. Obviously, with Harrington in 2008 and, and Rory winning as well. So it's been a real kind of diversity of champions. But in, on the flip side, we've had some. Lesser known guys win, you know, Sean McKeel or, or Rich Beam or Bob Tway or Wai Yang, guys who maybe you wouldn't necessarily expect to be major champions have come through and won here. But again, you can say that about all the majors. So the PGA is, it always feels to me like it's, it's a great event. It's well dressed. It's well set up. It's usually entertaining, but it just lacks that little bit of distinction and maybe a little bit of prestige. So Josh, for you, where does the PGA sort of rank in your mind as a golf fan? And uh, what of the of the previous ones that you've watched, which of them sort of stand out in your mind? Well, I think the PGA is, I mean, it's certainly in my top four majors. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, um... So uh, Josh, can I just quickly say there, are you counting the Players' Championship as a fifth major <laughs> no, or not? Not at all, no, of course not. The sacrilege. No, my, my order would be the Open, the Masters, the US Open and the PGA, but it's still a major and I do like it. And we've had some great events over the years. Yeah. I think ones that spring to mind, I think before we recorded the podcast, we both said the 2000 um, Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. Bob May epic was, yeah. was, it was really good. Um, when Rory won at Keir Island, I thought that was a good one. He won by eight shots, but I think, um, the surprise that week was David Lynn. Do you remember came mm, second? Yes, that's um, right. Yeah. Well, it was a distant second. And then shortly after announced his retirement. So he obviously <laughs> thought I can't do better than that. So, um, but that was a really good one. And, and Rory was phenomenal that week. I think that was the, the largest winning margin ever in the PGA mm-hmm. one by eight, eight shots. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's been some, there's been some pretty good ones over the air. Uh, Patrick Harrington and, and the Garcia two thousand eight yeah. at Auckland Hills was was really good as well. So um, I mean, there's been there's been lots. We're, we're probably a bit harsh on the on the on the PGA. It's launched some careers like John Daly, the famous mm-hmm. story about him sleeping in a car or whatever. I don't even know if it's true. It's probably not. But <laughs> winning in ninety one when he got in as a wild card, I think didn't he? Very late on. Yeah, he was a, he was, a, he was um, a, a, a an alternate. I think it was in the end. He, an alternate, yeah. yes, that's it. Yeah, wild card. Yeah, alternate. I meant yeah. So. But you've had some great winners, or Payne Stewart, Paul Azinger, kind of Nick Price, some really gritty characters. Price, yeah, what player. Yeah, he won it twice in three years. So, yeah, it's great. Um, it's it's you know, I'm looking, I'm really looking forward to this year. It's got a bit of an added edge because mm-hmm. you've of course got Spieth aiming to win the the career Grand Slam, which would put him in a very very elite bracket of players. Um, but then you've also got Rory, who I think would be devastated if he wasn't the the first in the current crop of golfers to 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 reach that grand slam um he obviously needs the masters so he'll be doing anything to stop spieth winning this week um and then that obviously gives him the opportunity at the masters next year so really interesting there's there's quite a few different stories going on you've got people like matsuama ricky fowler kind of think must be thinking that they've got a very good yeah. chance going into this week. So lots going on. It's, 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 um, I think probably the most exciting, you know, more, most anticipated PGA we've had in quite a few years now. So 
yeah, yeah, it, was, it should be. I was, I was entertaining. Yeah, it should be. You know, it tends to be quite entertaining. You mentioned obviously the Bob May Tiger duel. That was just an amazing battle. You know, a relatively unheralded oh. player like Bob May standing up to you know Tiger when he was at yeah, his absolute yeah. peak, when he was you know en route to winning and completing the Tiger Slam of holding all four majors at the same time. You know, Bob May stood up to him and you know, was very unlucky not to win in the end. And you mentioned Rory there, and I quite enjoyed Rory's second win at Valhalla. When he was yeah. battling with Ricky Fowler and, and Phil, and uh, Henrik Stenson was there too, and they and they, uh, they finished right in the dark, and of course, yeah, they played about a ten ball did, down the last. One of the most surreal <laughs> things I've ever seen in the major. It was it was bizarre. <laughs> they called them up and they all, they all played the last hole together. Yeah, putting on their phones to try and light the place up and cars, lights, and things. It was just an amazing finish. And, and, it was like the end of Bag of Ants, the film, wasn't it? <laughs> really to be fair, though, the last round of the PGA that year was better than the film Bag of Ants by some margin, I've got to say. God, it's the worst film ever. So, sorry if, if the makers of Bag of Ants are, are Or indeed, if you yeah, like... It's terrible. Or indeed, if you have a, a kind of a cult liking of Bag of Ants, just have a word for yourself. It is terrible. It's a shocking piece of work. <laughs> Everybody in it is rightly ashamed of, I believe, and uh, their careers have gone in contrasting ways, actually, something. Well, you've never heard of these people again. I mean, whatever happened to oh. Will Smith? Uh, Actually, to be fair, he, oh, he's, no, he's, he's done, done all right, right, Josh. But I tell you what, recently Will Smith has been in some absolute stinkers. If, if it's a film you want to watch for, for a laugh as to how absurd it is, watch a film called Collateral Beauty that came out last year. I mean, it is the most mockish, sentimental trite you've oh, ever really? watched and the last sort of half an hour of it is laugh out loud funny and not even intentionally so it's it's just it's, it's, oh, a, really? it's a masterpiece of how not to make a good film but yeah so obviously it was a what are we even talking about here back to the PJ. you've got me on films which is a very bad <laughs> thing to do I sorry we were talking about the 18th hole. It was getting very dark. It was getting pretty dark, wasn't it? That it was, that, was that was a memorable yes, it was one. Very yeah, good that was very and a, very enjoyable. Major, so. And I must quickly say, I do, I did love yeah. the Harrington Garcia one, which came a year after their kind of battle at Carnoustie. Yeah. And of course, as we all know, over the years, the two guys they haven't quite clicked. There has been a bit of tension there through the years, which I think has mm. actually been largely born from their two battles. And Harrington was holding putts from you. Know, you think Spieth holds putts from everywhere? You know, Harrington was like. Speed before Speed was even born, he was holding yeah. from everywhere. He was just amazing. <laughs> yeah. It was a great battle. And Harrington, you know, at that time, he won three majors within you know a, a, a thirteen months. It was an unbelievable run, yeah. and um, one that I think we actually underappreciate. Uh, and you know, Harrington's a three-time major champion, and uh, you know that is a very rare feat altogether. Yeah, and we do almost underappreciate that it to is, win two yeah. majors in succession in one year is a very rare thing. I think for that reason, we also underestimate the likes of uh, Marco Mira's wins in 98 at the Open of the Masters and also Nicky Price winning at Turnberry and then the PGA after that. So guys that win back-to-back, you know, that's a very rare thing. And Harrington was great that week. It was a great major. I remember watching it on Sky and Butch Harmon, who, you know, I love Butch Harmon. Right? He's, he's a man. And Butch Harmon was there with Ewan Murray. And Ewan's a little bit more sedate. But Butch was getting so into the battle that at one point, I think it was the 17th hole, Sergio hits a shot within about five feet on a par three. And then Harrington hits it inside of him. And honestly, I think Butch Harmon practically combusted oh, in the commentary box. He was like, oh my God, Ewan, this is so good. <laughs> and Ewan Murray's trying to keep it very calm and very composed. Like, oh yes, it's a great major, a great finish here. And, and Butch is you know, throwing pens around the place, looking very excited about it. But it was... Um, 
a great major and one of many. And like you say, even some of the, the unheralded wins, you know, Rich Beam, you know, he came through and won that brilliantly, seeing off Tiger at Hazeltine. And then we had Sean McKeel, a guy who, you know, he practically mm. disappeared and was never seen off since, but he hit an unbelievable shot in the last to win at Oak Hill. And what about Y.E. Yang, the first Asian player to win, first Asian male player to win a major when he saw off Tiger? And, you know, we all know what happened to Tiger later that year. And I tell you what, you know, Tiger's woes, they started with Y.E. Yang. He's a man to blame for everything, I think. It was some win for him. Yeah. Obviously, historically. That's right. So the PGA, though it isn't the most obvious of majors, it tends to bring some good stories nonetheless. And this week will be no different, obviously, with Spieth going for the Grand Slam, Rory there as well. But, Josh, for fans in the UK, this week, obviously, the PGA has been on Sky Sports for years now. And back in the summer, back in July, if you can call it a summer, in July, it came out that Sky had actually lost PGA uh, to the BBC, which was a real shock to everybody. Um, obviously, the BBC will have live coverage this week on a combination of things. You'll have it on the red button as well, and also live coverage in the evening because they have prior commitments to show the World Athletics Championships. So, uh, Josh, obviously, people thought the BBC had kind of given up on golf. You know, that was it. You know, they were done. When they lost the Open, that was it over. No interest in it. But now it's going to be back on a live four days of a major on the BBC. Some people love that. Obviously, if you don't have Sky Sports, it's great to have golf back on regular television. But obviously, people who yeah. really love Sky and enjoy the, the, the coverage mm-hmm. they put on, the innovations they do, the effort they put into it, the care and dedication they have for the golf is, is, is admirable. So, Josh, how do you feel about the BBC going having uh, the PGA this week? Do, do you regret it or... Um, Are you intrigued to see what they do this week? Or I'm how do you feel two about minds it? about it, really, because I think um, Sky Sports have really, really upped their game in terms of the production values, um, the, pe- the, the kind of cla- the, the people they've got presenting. I think it's been Nick Doherty. I think it's absolutely brilliant on Sky. Um, you know, mm-hmm. I think they've done a great job of the Open, the Masters. You know, when they've been given these opportunities, they've taken them. Um, so, for, in that respect. I'm disappointed that's gone to the BBC. I think also I do have Sky Sports, as do you. So from a purely selfish point of view, I think we'd prefer it on Sky. (laughs) However, from a kind of wider looking at it, the people who don't have Sky Sports, it's obviously a massive benefit um, and and a good thing that everyone can watch it on on the BBC. Although I I don't know what it's going to be like. Is Peter Alice going to be commentating? I'm not sure. I believe so, yes. You know, I, I I've been a fan of Peter Alice over the years since I was a little kid. However, I'm not sure whether he should be presenting or commentating on on golf. Still, is that controversial? It probably is, but um, I don't know. Just a few things he Josh, said. He's, but the man is national treasure. He how can he, you say such he a thing? He is or was. I'm not sure. Yeah, just a few things he said over the last couple of years. I've thought have been out of order, um, but. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's yeah. It, it is what it is. It's a shame it clashes with the athletics. But I think, as you mentioned, they they only knew about it a month ago. It only that's only when it mm-hmm. when it was kind of announced it was going to BBC. They they do their schedules yeah. way in advance. So um, you yeah, know there'll be a lot of hitting the red button or a lot of using iPlayer to watch the golf. Um, but yeah, it'll be inter- it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing what sort of job BBC do with it. Um, it, yeah, it will be interesting, obviously. And Ailey Barber will be presenting this mm-hmm. week. Uh, she did the open open coverage as well, and also did the women's open highlights last week. And Ailey is, of course, uh, 
a very well-known supporter of St Johnston Football Club. Ah. Um, so I'd like to mention that indeed. Yes, she is. It's not just me, Josh. Oh, there's there's two of you. I can't believe there's it. There's two of us. Yeah. And we both like golf, believe it or not. That's amazing, Incredible. isn't it? What a correlation. Incredible. It is. It is. Um, but yeah, you mentioned there, obviously, the Ive player and online coverage. And obviously, you know, people have been slightly critical of the BBC for having, from, for really, over half of the, the coverage this week will actually be behind the red button, interactive or on the iPlayer online. But you raised an interesting point today beforehand, which was really that with the way, obviously, Netflix and Amazon have really changed the game when it comes to television altogether. Mm. And the way media is now consumed by particularly the younger generation, that really, for the you know, iPlayer and so on, that's really the future of television. But perhaps for golf's kind of older audience, maybe the idea of having to channel hop and mm red buttons that's not really for them so how do you feel as someone who has some experience of kind of the media landscape like you do mm-hmm. uh, how do you feel about the are people being very harsh and criticizing the bbc for having red button coverage or really in the end is it a case of this is the future just get used to it right now so i think yeah i think you're right young young people now the fact is they are watching TV on phones or tablets and not really on TV. So things like iPlayer, Netflix, Amazon Prime, YouTube obviously is massive. They're watching mm-hmm. those more than they're actually watching a television. So from that respect, having it on iPlayer makes sense from my point of view. You don't need to record it because I'm sure they'll have the coverage on, on a catch-up sort of service. Yeah. So from that respect, it's great. You know, it's absolutely fine. However, as we pointed out, Golf audiences who, who tend to watch golf, um, a, a bulk of the audience are, are a little bit older. Um, so it is a new, it's a fairly new thing for, for a lot of people to start using iPlayer, I think. Um, so again, caught in two minds over it. Um, I think it's inevitable over the next few years, we're going to see far more sport shown on Amazon Prime. So they've just won the rights to the ATP tennis. Mm-hmm. So all, all, Things like the the end of year event at the O2 Arena that will be on Amazon rather than on Sky Sports. So um, people are going to have to get used to the fact that they're going to go to have to go to different online services to watch sport. It's no longer just a case of a one stop shop. So um, you know the tennis is is moved around. We know we know about the PGA going back to the BBC. Um, YouTube, like the other day I watched a Liverpool pre-season game on YouTube and it was fantastic, mm. apart from the comments underneath, um, <laughs> which I think you can switch those off. You do get a few idiots. Yes. Um, you know, and I think Twitter, I think you mentioned Twitter are keen to start broadcasting mm-hmm. live sport, which is interesting. I'm not quite sure how it's going to work, but it, we're going to have to get used to the fact that sport now they're they're very keen the authorities and and people like twitter themselves to to get sport out to the widest possible audience so um the fact it's on iplayer this week is no bad thing it's just going to be the in five years time we'll laugh that we had this conversation because so (laughs) much sport will be be consumed in so many different ways and obviously with sky sports you've got sky sports go and all that stuff so already you're getting a lot of people watching live sport on on their mobiles etc so yeah really interesting but um not sure at this point whether it's a good thing or yeah a bad i think it will... thing, which is very much sick yes it is which is disappointing josh i have to say i expect more decisiveness from you but yeah i think in the, you're, you're right yes, there sorry. in terms of it we won't really know until after it's happened how people watched it and what they felt about the yeah. coverage and all together so that will really be the proof will be there after it's happened in the coming years as well so It'll also be shown on, on Facebook at Give Me Sport, I believe, which I've never actually heard of, but I'm 
unfortunately, I'm a complete luddite when it comes to comes to technology. So I'm not really the man to ask. So you, you actually mentioned Josh, the younger generation is obviously um, loving uh, Netflix and all the rest of it. But I'm afraid to say I have never actually used Netflix or Amazon Prime or anything like that. I don't know what any well, of these things really are. That's a no, surprise for a film buff like yourself. That is, that's a bit yeah, of a see, surprise. It is, but you see, Josh, I actually like watching films in the cinema. So I'm yeah. I'm very archaic that way. Absolutely. And I, my own opinion is that Netflix are destroying cinema, or at least trying to, but that's just my different thing altogether. But in terms of the golf, obviously, people will watch it whatever way they want to, whether it be iPlayer or whether it be on the television coverage, and there's, again, a variety of different ways of doing that. So something to enjoy there. But um, also, looking at the golf this week, obviously, particularly, we talk about Rory, and really... Since since the PGA was actually announced as coming to um, Quail Hollow a few years ago, we've almost kind of preordained this as being Rory's major, the one he's going to win. He loves the golf course. He's won the Wells Fargo twice. He has a course record at Quail Hollow. It's it's really his golf course. It sets up perfectly for him. Mm-hmm. Even though there's been some changes there in the past couple of years in terms of some of the new holes and so on, it really is a golf course that's perfect for him. Weather conditions, it's soft conditions this week. And, um, you know, that would obviously... Yeah, traditionally suit Rory, but it's kind of like when the, the, the US Open went to Torrey Pines for the first time when Tiger was going to be sort of front. That's his golf course. He should win there. Of course, he did in the end, obviously, after that great battle with Rocco Mediate. So, but Josh, looking at Rory, we've kind of said he's, he's, you know, if it's a major for him, this is going to be the one. But does that come with an added pressure, do you think? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, I think. It is. I think everyone's pretty much given him the trophy like years ago, didn't they, for this one? But luckily, he's come in some good form. Well, not luckily. I mean, he's obviously been working towards it. But um, compared to how he was kind of early season, he seems to have really got himself together in the last couple of weeks, which is which is good. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting way. I tell you what, if he could drive the ball, he'd be some player, wouldn't he, McIlroy? <laughs> He only how many drives over three hundred yards last week? Fifty two, I think, which is yeah, crazy. It's outrageous. So, um, yeah, so his his putting seems to be coming round. His his wedge game was pretty average, wasn't it? Last week, I think it was what let him down was his kind of approach play. When he hit that many long drives, you expect to have more. I think he his average distance from the hole was was lower than the average person in the field which was a real surprise considering he had about 50 yards less on every hole into the green so um yeah you're right I think the thing that's going to test him this week is just the pressure on him there's there's a lot of expectation as there always is with him but specifically here he's won there twice he's got he's shot 61 62 as you Mm. said so you know he really is um he's in a good position but there is a heck of a lot of pressure on the lad so it's just um it's just really how he handles that and how he approaches the week. But obviously, he's got his one of his best mates on the on the bag. Um, seemed to work all right last week, so I think if he can kind of pull that through to this week, he's got a really good chance. So it's um, yes, yeah, it's it's exciting. It is, and I think the pressure comes kind of internally as well, which also is a Rory. You know, Rory's had obviously a disappointing couple of years of injuries and kind of equipment changes, a bit of inconsistency there as well. He's seen obviously the likes of Jordan Spieth kind of come on and take on take, take, take the mantle as being a major champion. Dustin Johnson, of course, as well. Jason Day as well at one point. You know, Rory, when he won the PGA for a second time, he was 25 years of age with four majors. He was world number one. It was his era really, won two majors back-to-back at Hoylake and then at Valhalla. 
but then it never really carried on from there. So if there is a major forum, this is the one, but obviously there's that added pressure. And then, of course, there's that one man, Jordan Spieth, who, of course, is going for history. Mm. And he's kind of the, the spanner in the works, the kind of intangible guy who can just you know pull things out of nowhere. And like you said earlier, he's trying to join a really unique club, a really elite club, with Gene Sarazen, Ben Hogan, Gary Player, Jack Nicholas, and Tiger Woods as guys who have won all four of the modern majors. And... Um, very rare, and to do it at his age would be obviously astonishing. Uh, so Spieth, obviously, yeah. he's a he's a, his own. You know, he's just a remarkable player in so many different ways. He does it in a different kind of way. He's perhaps more kind of reminiscent of of a Gary Player sort of guy, where he's not the longest hitter, he's not the best you know player in any any means whatsoever, but he just finds a way of getting the ball in the hole yeah. and doing the right thing at the right moment. And there's a real intelligence behind him, a real golfing intelligence, and just it's a he's remarkable in a different way. And it's actually quite exciting. We have two guys, Rory and Jordan, who they're both tremendous players, you know, incredible talents, great golfers, major champions, two young players as well still. And they both do things differently. And I think that's fascinating. Completely. And um, yeah. Yeah. so obviously you know, if we had a duel between Rory and Jordan, that would be obviously the dream this week. But in terms of Jordan, Josh, you, know, you look at him, obviously he's won the open there. He's coming into this week with that you know, weight of potential history on his shoulders. So how do you see Spieth playing this week? Yeah, no, I, I, again, I think um, I, last week they barely showed him on the coverage, but he finished really high up the leaderboard in the end. I think he shot a couple under final round and, he, you know, coming off the back of a big win, um, I was quite impressed with how he finished. And obviously this week he'll be all guns blazing. So, yeah, I, I I can see him competing in pretty much every major he plays. He's that type of guy, isn't he? Mm -hmm. Where you just, right now, you just can't imagine him not being on the leaderboard in a major. Um, And that's kind of, as you said, testament to his mentality, really. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of these guys who are just a slightly step above everyone else. It tends to be their mental game. That's the difference. And he just seems to, the bigger the occasion, the more he kind of steps up to it. So... Yeah, it really interesting. You're right. I'd love to see the back nine and those two oh, guys great. kind of battling it out. I think it I means it, it never no. happens, does it? It never <laughs> happens. But surely one day yeah. we will see the best two. Well, what not the what I would consider the best two players kind of going head yes. to head would be great. But um, yeah, I, he, he's um, he's actually second favourite behind Rory this week. But I think he's probably he he really should be kind of equal favourite if he if you think about how he's playing in the majors and just how he's approaching the game. I, I think so too. And uh, you're, you're quite right there. Obviously, yeah. you know, Spieth, I think actually what happened at the Open, the way he turned that around at the end and this blue Kutcher away with an unbelievable sort of barrage of just birdies and eagles and just out of nowhere, I think that is will actually intimidate other players now where they just know that even when you think, you know, Spieth was struggling that day, he lost, he was, his swing wasn't there, he was hitting the ball really poorly, he was missing putts, he'd lost his lead, but yet he still came through and won it in the end comfortably. And I think that will actually intimidate players when you see him there. You know, he, he he finds a way to come back and that's a very rare kind of gift to have, a rare skill. And when you see his name on the leaderboard, now you think he's going to hang around there, he's the guy to watch. You know, all the guys can hit the ball well, hit the ball yeah. far, but he has this ability, this kind of added dimension where he can just do certain things at certain moments. You hold, hold a 50-foot yeah. putt or chip in or just you know, make a good recovery. And Absolutely. that's something that yeah. most players don't have. And that's why he's, he's won three majors and why he you know, surely will, will, will complete the Grand Slam at some point. Maybe not, 
and and three three different Abs- mages as well. Absolutely. Your first three just shows what a versatile player he is, what mm-hmm. a clever player. He obviously puts a lot of work into planning around each major. It's a bit, little bit kind of Faldo-esque in that, yeah. in that respect, isn't it? Um, kind of finding a way of getting it done. So, yeah, it's um, intriguing. And uh, if he were to, to win and kind of pocket the career Grand Slam, then it's fully deserved, isn't it, uh, at that age? He's been... He's been impressive from his first event. It, it, it is, really. but of course, the question would then be is, if he wins at the PGA, what next? What are the goals? You've done it all at 24. You know, you've won all four majors. I'm not sure Jordan's one to be motivated by the FedEx Cup, to tell you the truth. He's won that before already, but I'm not sure that's really his sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, he's you know, no. Tiger, obviously, he won all four majors at 24 as well. And his goal was, let's go and do it again. You know, but maybe not. Maybe not everybody yeah, has yeah. that same drive and determination. But Spieth obviously has something there that's very special, and uh, he's certainly an admirable, admirable player and uh, you know, incredible player to watch. And just finds a way of getting things done, and, and it's a, a very unique skill. And, and you, you'd be very surprised if he wasn't up in contention this week. But obviously, Josh, coming to kind of the, the tournament itself, your know, Quail Hollow is a golf course. The guys know very well. They play it every year in the Wells Fargo, which is a very popular event. A great field every year. Yeah. It's a real kind of ball strikers golf course. You know, it's um, very solid, very challenging, but certainly scorable in the right conditions. Which, if it's soft this week, that will certainly play into their hands. It has that uh, kind of glorified finish, the, the green mile, as they put it. They love their names in America. Yeah, yeah it's the green mile. Yeah. So they it's do. a tough finish yeah. there. The last few holes and um, last three holes there. So a really good venue. So who do you see Josh as being the, the you, know, you talk about Rory there, but who do you think could be the big favourite? Who, who's going to be the man to beat on Sunday? Um, I, I do you remember when the open preview, I backed about 15 At least different 15. players. And it must have, anyone listening must have thought, this is what a cop out. So I'm going to go for, for who I think will, will win it or will be right up there is Rory. I mean, going on his, his record at the course and just coming into form at the right time. So if he can sort out his iron play, which I think he's very much, um, that's usually mm-hmm. one of his main strengths. So I think, I think, I don't think he's miles away from, from hitting top gear. Um, again. So yeah, I think he's so, the man to beat this So week. Josh, you go from picking 15 players to picking the absolute favorite. So you're really not, that's kind of cop out too. That is it. So I will I will pick okay, an outsider okay. as well. Right? How about that? All right. So outsider. So we agreed before the podcast. Yes. So anyone listening that we would go for a hundred to one or outside, and I am going to go for Lucas Glover as my outsider. One hundred and seventy-five. Explain that, to please. One. So he has got an outstanding record at mm-hmm. Quail Hollow. Um, is the main thing. So he had a good finish there last year. And he won um, there 2011. So um, he knows how to do it. His ball striking this year is 22nd um, tee to green on the on the PGA Tour this year, which is really strong. His putting, it's not quite as good. But if he can just find a week where he can get his putting together, um, which he has done a few times this year where he, he looks a bit more solid on the greens, then there's no reason to, to think he's not going to finish top eight, which is what they're giving each way this week. So he's my outsider. So they're my two. Rory is favourite. 
which is a, it is a bit of a cop-out, <laughs> but it's, I, I'm struggling to look elsewhere at the minute. And then Lucas Glover. How about you, Kieran? Well, what the thing is, you know, I, I, I would love to pick Rory, but now I really can't because you have done it. So I feel kind of... That, that's, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. the downside of going second in these things. I gave you the first option and you took Rory, so that's fair enough. And to kind of, for the sake of variety, I'll have to pick somebody else. And I'm going to go with a... I don't know. I'm going I'm to go for an outside guy here, a relatively outside guy as being a favourite. I'm going to say it's going to be a young American player who's going to come through and pick up his first major and know it's not Ricky Fowler. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Daniel Berger is going to win this. Week. A guy oh, who I think yeah. is, um, yeah. you know, he's a kind of a quirky action, but I think he's a very good competitor. He's won on the PGA Tour. I think this is sort of the golf course that will suit yeah. him. And he could be the guy that comes through and maybe surprises people and gets his first major out of nowhere. So I'd go for him as being my favourite. Uh, obviously, the likes of, you know, Brooks Kepka is an R name there. No one's talking about him. Yeah, big hitter, US Open champion, course sets up perfectly for him. He's he's got to be in contention surely as well. Even Paul Casey, you know, the man with a smile, you know, he's there too. He's uh, yeah. again very capable. You know, still playing really well, very consistent. You know, has all the tools. Maybe doesn't quite have the can't quite put them together on the last day. Perhaps it's one thing that's maybe held him back in his career, but certainly in terms of his ability, there's no questioning that. So, as for kind of an outside guy. You know, Lucas Glover's a very intriguing pick, I've got to say, but I'm going to go for a guy who I think, you know, when he's on, he's you know, he's incredible. He holds putts from everywhere. He's very you know, very capable. He's won some events at a real uh, comfortable rate. And uh, and I would say that's Russell Henley, uh, a guy who's, um, again, he's very capable. Doesn't quite have the consistency, but on his week, he can beat anybody. And he's shown that in the past few years in the PGA Tour. So I think he could be the kind of a, more of a PGA Championship type winner. A guy who... It's very much a PGA Tour setup, really. It's it's not too dis- dissimilar from that. I think the guys quite enjoy that aspect to it. It's l- less from to actually really think about, and I think they quite like that. And I think he's the sort of guy who might take advantage of that, of that position. So, uh, yes, I'm going to go for Berger and uh, Henley. And I tell you what, Josh, I bet you didn't, didn't expect me to pick those guys. So that's... Uh, I, thought, I didn't. No, I was waiting for you to say Matsuyama, but um, yeah. yeah, that's good. I, I, I can't disagree with your picks there. Oh, thank you. There's some... Yeah, all got a, a fairly decent chance, haven't they? So well, um, a, fa- yeah, a be... fairly decent chance that practically oh, means you're ruling them out altogether. Well, yeah, pretty much. Pretty no. much. Yeah. No, no, we, we'll see. No, I don't think anyone would have picked Sean McKeel back in 2003. So um, we know anything can happen in and this I major. T- I... You're right. It's more like a PGA Tour yes. setup, which I think will suit a lot of the guys who play a lot of PGA Tour, like Russell Henley. I think plays a lot of events, and um, yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, can't can't rule these guys. And I out. tell you what, Josh, no one's going to pick Sean McKeel this year. That's for sure. Even though you can get him he at is, two and a half thousand to one, but exactly, he's he's alongside the great names, um, Rich Barbarian Junior, two and a half thousand to one, uh, Omar Uresti, uh, two and a half thousand, and um, the great Paul Claxton as well. At two See, and a half household thousand names, one, so. you know, the legendary players. Are. Uh, of course, they these are. guys are actually the PGA professionals who 20 of them are in the field this week. Really, they are, have a jolly. It's amazing. It's, it's a nice little bonus for them. Yeah, it's, it's and uh, great, a great experience. There are some great names. Guys. I do like Greg Gregory because it's so unimaginative as a name. <laughs> That's just... 
absolutely that's shocking my dad actually my dad actually wanted to call me jeff jeffrey but um my mum wouldn't let him well thank goodness for your Uh, mum that's i'm sure he was only joking he was only joking but um yeah i'm sure you've been eternally grateful to your mother ever since after hearing that because that would be very harsh but yes listen you know obviously some of the pga professionals down there they're they're making up the numbers having a good week but in terms of a guy who can actually win the championship there's a lot of great names up there so many contenders so it should be a fascinating week josh obviously bbc coverage what will that bring? We don't really know, so that'll be fascinating as well. But in terms of the golf, you know, there's so many names up there, so many potential stories. You know, the PGA is obviously it's the least distinct major, but it's uh, you know it can often deliver some really good stories as well. And of course, I've also heard t- today that the PGA will be actually moving to May in future from 2019 onwards. So mm. the calendar changes altogether. You know, the the Players Championship moves down to March. The, the US PGA moves to May. The, the BMW PG at Wentworth now moves to September from May at Wentworth. So that's a massive change there for the European Tour, their flagship event. Yeah. So now, really, the PJ Tour, their idea is to have five months of five big events. So you have the March, the Players, April, the Masters, May, the PGA, the US Open in June, then the Open in July, and then the wonderfully exciting FedEx Cup playoffs throughout August. So the PJ Tour calendar is changing altogether. So, Josh, just quickly... Do you think with the PGA now being the second major on the calendar, that might change how we actually appreciate it? Yes, I do, yeah. yeah. If you sandwich it between the Masters and the US Open, then I think the attention on it will be higher. Um, it sits further away from the FedEx Cup as well, which is probably a good thing. So, yeah, I think it's a smart move in terms of um, the scheduling of it. it. Obviously, it's made it's meant a couple other tournaments move, but actually, I, I think for the the PGA at Wentworth, so that's a good thing to put it in September. Um, it's yes. after the FedEx. Yeah. I think they'll probably get. Uh, it might persuade a few of the bigger names to come come over. The maybe ones who've sat it out um, a couple of times recently. Um, so yeah, it's it's kind of it's unlikely to clash with um, with other. Well, we'll see what happens in terms of scheduling, but um, yeah, it's good. I think overall, yeah, it's a good move. Um, it's yeah, it's a complete rejig, isn't it? And it's it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. But um, yeah, that's um, it's certainly exciting to to move it, and I think it will kind of raise the profile. I think of the so. Event. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with that. And I think actually having the, the the BMW PGA at Wentworth moving to September it now actually becomes. It becomes a bigger factor in the race to Dubai, leading towards the end of the season on the European Tour. It becomes actually a bigger event in many respects as well. And I think you're right there. After the PGA Tour season is done and dusted, more guys might want to go and play on the European Tour, leading towards Dubai, the big money there. And Wentworth will have its big place on that schedule as well. So I think, you know, in terms of the US PGA, it's a smart change. Their event needed something to change, something distinct about it. And yeah. now, of course, going into the, in May, they can go to different venues, different states, don't otherwise get majors, and that could be a, a kind of raise, a, a kind of increase the profile that way. Be a little bit different from the US Open that in that respect. But I do feel that in this day and age, having three majors in America is problematic for the game. I think the game needs to have a, a travelling international major that goes about the world and just in Asia, in Australia, just something a little bit different. Maybe yeah. maybe in the winter South time, Africa, and our, yeah, maybe in January or December, something a little bit different just to kind of freshen things up a little bit. But obviously the majors have their own history and they stand alone. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out in the coming years. So it's uh, But this week, of course, it's all about you know, Jordan, Rory, all the rest, and Dustin Johnson there too, world number one. You know, he, golf course sets up for him too. So 
a lot of potential winners on a, a very good yeah. golf course, one of the best in the PGA Tour, and it'll be a great stage this week for the, the last major of the year on the men's side. So, Josh, I must quickly apologise here, because actually midway through the podcast, I was actually scrambling around trying to find the charge, actually find a plug for my charger for my laptop. Other did you did you notice something was going on? I, was, I did wonder. I was, was running around the room trying to find a plug. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah, I'm not yeah. in my own house, unfortunately, today, so I'm trying to find a plug. And um, I, I, I was actually walking around with a microphone in my hand and, uh, and the laptop and another one. So I'm afraid to say this is actually the quality of the, the production values here aren't necessarily the best, and this is an example of it. Well, let's hope the BBC do a better job than that. You so. know, I think I think they will. But you know what? I think at the same time, we are actually less controversial than Peter Alice. We have that going for us too. Well, so we're... I, I, I'm just thinking I regret what I said about Peter. I'm waiting for a phone call now from his lawyers, so... Um, yeah, I feel feel a bit bad about what I said about him because he is he is a legend of golf. Yes. But some of the stuff he has is a bit yeah, he's not. Uh, it's not no, it's it's not what you say politically correct, and uh, but but he's That's certainly it. of his time. Let's put it that way, and that has its own charm. Uh, but in this day and age, perhaps doesn't quite fit in with the the modern kind of sports uh, broadcaster. And I think that's, his style doesn't really fit in nowadays, rightly or wrongly, and it, and it does stand out for that reason. But that said, he still yeah. has his moments of genius. Oh, he, he does, does. indeed. Yeah, absolutely. And he still has, absolutely. I still think, the the ultimate voice for golf. Just the perfect voice, the perfect tone, uh, the, per- the perfect way with words. And uh, yeah, I think in the end, actually, Peter's now at a stage where he doesn't really care what anyone thinks anymore. You know, he's 86. Who no. cares? He can't lose anything, so he's just there to enjoy himself. I'm sure you'll enjoy this week at the PGA, so... Yeah, Josh, thank you Absolutely. for joining me uh, late at night. Uh, obviously, not not ideal, but we got here and we got it done. So thank you, Josh, for joining me once again. That's great. No, thank you for having me, for, for suffering with me again. Yes. Um, I appreciate coming. Well, I'm, I'm very grateful. And it's your, your third appearance tonight. And uh, obviously, your your last appearance, you... you you didn't pick. Actually, you picked Jordan Spieth to actually win the Open. So we'll, we'll, we'll say you. you did, I, did I really? I well, don't think I did. Everybody. So we'll, we'll say you did. Yeah. yeah you exactly. talked him up yeah, big time, and he won. I did, did actually. Yeah. So, yeah. so again, Rory then following. And Matt Kuchar actually, Matt Kuchar. If you listen back, I did tip Matt Matt Kuchar as well. So um, there you go. wasn't wasn't far away with. So him, there you go. So if it, watch Lucas Glover and Rory. I was, I was about, about to say week. if you. People, if you, if you, listeners, if you hear, if you see Rory McIlroy in the last pairing on Sunday with Lucas Glover of all people, then <laughs> the man to go and see is is Je- at Jeff Carnage on Twitter because he is obviously some sort of sage. Because that would be an incredible prediction. You know, just waiting for Sean Keel to contend as well. You know, Lucas Glover. You wait for. Russell Henley will burst through the field on the back nine. Russell and, and Henley and Daniel and, uh, Berger. You heard it here first. That's, and, uh, that's, that's it. That's right. So there you go. <laughs> Very we true. Ha- we have uh, say, so, Lovely. So good picks, bad picks. We'll wait and see. The proof will be in, obviously, the result, as it will be for the BBC as well. So, Josh, thank you once again. The USPGA this week, obviously, folks, enjoy it. Check out Golf Chic for all the latest news coverage, tea times, you know, previews. We have also have all the TV coverage lined out for you there and a little helpful guide so you can see when... If you're over 65 and don't have Netflix and trying to understand how it all works, 
we'll explain it there on the golf shake as well and obviously you know picks and so on and all kinds of history and, and whatnot so it's all there and if you're playing as well this week obviously try and go onto the golf shake website enter your scores if you make a net birdie for each net birdie you're actually entered into the birdie blitz on golf shake throughout august where the prize for that josh is an eight night stay in sicily that's not bad is it Whoa, there you go so that, that's not bad that at all could is be it? yours Very so good. thank you for listening everybody no, <laughs> yeah or mine either. I can't. I can't play. I'm. I'm not allowed to play. Unfortunately, right. that's a shame. I wouldn't go anyway. I'm. I'm too happy in St Andrews. But yes, um, indeed. So yes, everybody. Thank you for listening. If you made it this far, enjoy the PGA, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs>